Hey you, what's happening at work? What's keeping you up at night? What's causing you frustration or depleting your wellness at work? Talk to me and with me. This is Joyce Odinison, your host with the What's Happening at Work show, where we create solutions to work, live, and play well. Join me now for next episode. All right. Welcome. Welcome. So excited that you're here with us today uh, for the wellness competency teaching and giving you an opportunity to explore what exactly are we meaning when we talk about communication and wellness. There's such an impact when we think about communication because everything we do in life has to start with a communication. We communicate from the moment we were born, we communicate. We communicate with our parents. Actually, as a parent, when I, as a new parent, it would be scary when my child didn't cry, right? That was the first sign of communication. We want to know, is this child alive? And is this child healthy? Because communication is a critical part of being healthy. If you uh, if you are unable to speak, we say you have a disability and you are you're lacking the ability to speak or to communicate. And there are varying levels of biodiversity when we look at people's ability to communicate. When you're healthy and able to communicate, that is a good thing. Not say, in, you know, from that sense, we remember how important it is for communication to be um, well delivered and for communication to be uh, sent and received in a powerful and impactful way. So just to give a quick overview of where we are and what we're doing, I'll just do a quick slideshow of our uh, where we are, who we're doing. So those of you who are watching the replay will get that. So this is the Global Workplace Wellness Community of Practice. And today we are looking at making wellness communication viable for everyone. So what we do here is we get together. Each month we focus on one wellness competency. We spotlight it and we start to look at how can we actually create wellness in those areas of our lives and in those areas in our workplaces because we know that wellness is critical for everyone. So giving people the opportunity to experience wellness and to see wellness as something they can attain, something they can have in their life. Because a lot of people are wanting to be well. Everyone wants to be well. Everyone uh, desire wellness, but not everyone have the ability to or the resources to stay well and be well. And that's one of the things we do here at the Global Workplace Wellness Community of Practice. So we, when, we, when we meet each month and we talk about a particular wellness competency, we're creating tools and the micro-improvement strategies that's going to allow you 
to facilitate wellness in your life and in your work. And as you know, we're focused on workplace wellness, and that is the key of what we're doing. So in the wellness competency teaching, we look at why competencies, because competencies create behavior change. They facilitate change in behavior. They facilitate uh, change in mindset. They facilitate change in attitude. And this is why we think of wellness competencies when we look and promote wellness. So that's a critical part of why we're teaching the wellness competencies. And if you're joining us on uh, live here on Instagram, this is what we're talking about is the wellness competency teaching. And those of you who are here on Zoom live with me, we are looking at how do we create more substantial um, visible markers so people can actually see that change in mindset, in attitude, in their life and in their work. So I'm Joyce Adidison, and I'm excited that you're here with me as we do those wellness competency teachings. It's important for us to look at how do we enable that change? How do we empower others? And how do we help them to get be more impactful in what they do? So if you have comments, please uh, add them in the chat. Um, let me know what it is you're looking for. If you have a comment, if you have an area that you're challenged with or you're practicing in your own area. So whether you are a wellness practitioner and you're helping organizations to create wellness or you're just working with individuals around wellness, this is going to be important for you and a great way to add context and create balance in your work because we look at wellness from nine dimensions and we look at the, the competencies that facilitate the change and the behavior and the attitude because what we wanna do is create that attitude of change uh, for wellness, to promote wellness in what we do. So part of the wellness competency teaching allows us to apply the nine dimensions. So we look at spiritual wellness, social wellness, emotional wellness, occupational wellness, intellectual, environmental, financial, physical, and interpersonal. And so when we look at the wellness competencies, they are integrity, they are responsible communication, they are self-mastery, engagement, capacity building, interdependence, innovation, vibrancy, and resilience. And you know, in that interdependence, we look at things like culture, we look at things like diversity and inclusion. And in that responsible communication, that's where we look at things like culture. So, and as well as in integrity. So integrity and responsible communication give us an opportunity to go deeper and look at things like culture um, and how we are being responsible and recognizing and in integrity with the, the differences and the cultural aspects of it. So for today, we want to recognize that all of these dimensions of wellness are integrated and that they are powerful, but our focus is going to be on communication and wellness. So today we're going to spend our time expanding on communication and wellness and recognizing, okay, what is the connection between communication and wellness? Knowing that 
if we don't communicate, as I said earlier, if you have a newborn and the baby isn't crying, you start to think, oh my goodness, I give me a cry, give me a cry, cry, because the baby communicates, I'm here and um, I'm having a new experience and I'm, I'm feeling, I can hear, I can see, I can, I can cry. That's a way of communicating. So from the time we're born, we are communicating and everyone around us is looking to see, can, are we communicating? Can the child hear? Can the child speak? Can the child interact? Those are very important things to do. Hello and welcome, welcome here. And we're talking about wellness competencies, but specifically today we're focusing on wellness and communication because wellness is such a broad aspect of our life. And when we focus in each month on one wellness competency, we start to see how very, very important those little things are because what we don't pay attention to is what often controls us. And when we don't pay attention to those areas, they dominate and they take over and we cannot curb them and manage them and bring them back into a manageable form and we become overwhelmed and burnt out. So let's talk about communication and wellness. So the first thing that we talk about here is stress. How many of you get stressed out because of the way someone communicates to you or the way you communicate to someone and then they're responding, right? It's either your communication starts a stressful dialogue or the way you interpret someone else's communication will create stress and overwhelm in your life. That is a big part of why we see so much of the burnout and we see a lot of the overwhelm because we're not thinking about our communication as a huge part of our well-being. And it's time that we start cluing in. When someone tells you off, it affects you, right? Positive psychology tells us that for every positive, every negative thing someone tells us or does to us, they need to be nine positive to override it. So communication is a huge part of our well-being, but we, we don't really pay attention to it. Words are powerful. When I was growing up, uh, we, I had this, we had this little song saying, oh, sticks and stones can break my bones, but words can do me no harm. That was such a lie <laughs> because words hurt us. Words impact us. Words uh, demean us. Words disempower. At the same time, when we're practicing responsible communication, we can practice words that empower, words that give life, word that takes our our life and everything we do in and our exchanges and our interaction with others to the next level. So we have the ability to change our communication if we practice responsible communication. So the goal here is for us to start seeing communication as something that can be responsible, that we can be responsible with, responsible in ensuring that what we're sharing with others are not causing stress, overwhelm, burnout, and frustration for them. And then us as ourselves, learning to identify when our stress is being caused by communication. And this is something I have worked on and will continue probably to work on for the rest of my life. Because sometimes I say things and I 
I actually have to watch how the other person reacts before I realize, ah, Joyce, stressful communication, tone that down, revisit it. And so one of the things that I, I teach around the responsible communication is how to not cause harm with our words, but most importantly, how to repair it. It's not about getting in trouble, is how do we get out of it? Is how do we fix things? Can we come back and say, you know what? That wasn't what I meant, or this wasn't what I expected to happen, or the way it's being interpreted is not my intention, and I am sorry that it hurts your feelings. I am sorry that you're seeing it this way. Can we see it from, can we view it from another perspective? Can we, what if we were to look at this from these lens, this new lens, how does it land with you? So we have to develop those ability to do that and to be flexible in our communication so we do not cause harm and leave people um, downtrodden, um, bewildered, disempowered, and stressed out and burnt out. So a lot of the calls we're getting is employees are burnt out and people are burnt out and people are stressed out and there is anxiety, but our words, our very words are causing anxiety. So one of the things that I started doing was watching the words that I use. So I no longer say, I hate this, I hate that, because that's too much negative energy. And I'm finding that when I use those words, they are taking up negative energy space and they're taking energy away from my ability to be innovative and to be creative, which is what I want to do, right? I want to be innovative. I want to be creative. I want to be open. I want to be um, communicative. And when I use those words, they take away. And one of the things that I, um, we have a, I do a free emotional wellness cleanse that I'll put the link here for you after that you can, you can check out because in that 30 day emotional cleanse, we look at some of the words that become emotional triggers because those emotional triggers can create anxiety. They can hurt our feelings, others' feelings, as well as our feelings, because we may not be hurting that we're shame or embarrassed, but it's actually taking away from our energy or positive vibes that we're supposed to be having when we go into those heavy words, not realizing the cost. It's those little, you know, we throw away the pennies. You, I mean, some countries don't even have pennies anymore, right? I think here in Canada, we've done away with our pennies. The smallest denomination we have is a five cent. And you may say, oh, there's so many five cents. They're just making my wallet heavy. I'm just going to put them in. And you put them in a jar. And over a while, you're like, there's $50 in the jar. You're like, well, you wouldn't throw away $50. But over time, accumulated five cents, you would have thrown away $50. So it's the same with those words. They are not going to take a whole lot. But when you keep doing them over and over again, they draw. So they're withdrawing. And one of the things we talk about in our wellness assessment is taking away from people's energy and putting you in a wellness deficit. So every time you go to the bank and you take, or every time you use your credit card, right? And that is something that everyone is familiar with. Every time you use your credit card, you are essentially taking money, borrowing money from your bank, from your institution. And yeah, you may just buy something for $10 or you just buy something for, you know, 
$100 and it doesn't seem much. But when the bill comes and it's $10,000, you're like, oh, what did I buy, right? I went grocery shopping the other day and I bought a few things. And she told me my bill was 200 and some. It's like, really? What? What did I buy? When I was picking the things up, it was like, oh, $10 here, oh, $15 here. It was like, it didn't seem. And it wasn't my grocery for the month. I had just gone to get a few things after ski, after ski trip. Uh, I thought, I'll just pick up some few things to add to dinner for the week. And she said, my bill was 225 I was like, but I didn't buy meat. I didn't buy... You know, I just had some veggies and some fruits. What happened? Can I take a look at that? So it's the small things. We're not seeing the little things until they add up and they compound. And we all know about compounded interest. And that's what happens with communication. The way we communicate and what we communicate has a huge impact on our energy level and what we and how we feel, how we think, our anxiety level. Those hurtful words have a huge impact on our well-being and how we move forward. And they can also lead to harassment and bullying. So we, you know, over the years in my career, over the, the 25 years that I've been working as a conflict analyst and workplace wellness practitioner, we see many, many situations where people have been accused of harassment and bullying. And they're like, I did not harass. I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to. But the legislation doesn't really care. It just says, is the impact harassing? Is the impact bullying? And that's what happens. And that's why people complain because it's no harassment. It's no bullying. And so because of that, they're making a complaint because of how it makes them feel. So when we think about wellness from that social wellness um, di dimension, we want to think about how do we create social wellness? How do we create social connections? How do we have positive impact? And the competency we need to work on here is responsible communication. And don't worry, I am working on it just as long as you do. I, am the, I remember when I first started doing this work, my son was probably nine or so. He's like 27 now. And he said to me, mommy, are you a 10 in all of these areas? And I was like, oh, heavens, no, I'm not. I, I'm learning them just along with my clients. So don't feel that I'm sitting here and I'm telling you all to do all these things. I am working along. I am certainly not out of 10 in responsible communication. But as I, as I do this work, as I research and as I work more with people, I am learning and my communication level and my, my responsible communication skills, competency is growing because I've been mapping and watching. You see, that's why we've called these, well, that's why I've called these com wellness competencies because you see the behavior change. You see the mindset shift. You see the awareness of, hey, I just said that. Hey, that person didn't, that person's eyes changed or that person's energy shifted when I say that. This, this is all part of developing the competency is understanding and recognizing, having that ability to be self-aware, to be self-correcting and self-directing. Right over time, you're going to develop the neural pathway that those things will not come out of your mouth. Like I won't say, I hate that show. I will say, it's not something I'm interested in, or I don't feel that I'm getting anything positive from that. That won't be something that I would spend my time on. So you're going to find yourself finding other ways to, to describe or to discuss what you're experiencing versus just saying, I hate. 
and I get a lot of overwhelm and frustration and and it's hard. And and I'm like, let's talk a little bit about what you're exactly you're feeling because the words we're using to communicate our experiences, oh, if we're not practicing responsible communication, we're digging ourselves further into a hole of burnout and frustration and overwhelm. And that is something that we have to start thinking about is our communication. The communication we have with ourselves, the words I'm using to myself and the words I'm using with others are just as important. And so I need to start thinking, okay, my words are not just impacting others and reducing their wellness, bringing them to that wellness deficit, reducing their energy level. I'm also putting myself in a wellness deficit. I'm, I'm now going through that place where I'm diminishing my own wellness. And that's why we want to talk about responsible communication as such an incredibly important aspect of well-being and something that we seldom pay attention to, something that we seldom uh, think about when we think about wellness. We think about, oh, I need to work out. I need to be on a diet. I need to um, drink my water. I need, you know, my exercise. All of those things are very important. But if all that comes off your mouth is garbage and negative and warlike, you are still going to be in a wellness deficit in that dimension. And it's going to start drawing energy from all those things that you're doing. And you're just not going to get ahead or as far as you could have. So it's, you know, you have a bird that's flying and the wings are wet, right? It flaps to let the water off the wings. And that's what we want to do by looking at how we can be well in all of these other dimensions. So over this month of February, which is, of course, the month of love, where we should be practicing different kinds of communication. So some of the things that we should be thinking about is wellness competencies for work and life. And part of that is our communication with others and recognizing that each of the dimensions, if you're in, if you're practicing integrity, which is what we focus on in January, right? The wellness competency of integrity in alignment with yourself and with your beliefs and with your values, then that fosters your wellness. And as we look at the connection between responsible communication, which is social wellness and spiritual wellness, we see it's interlinked. There's a huge, huge link and it's interconnected and there is no way we can have one without the other. So it's incredibly important for us to ensure that we are doing both, that we're well and that we're practicing wellness in all of the dimensions. So as we move along here and we spend more time in responsible communication, we look at the responsible communication wheel. And for those of you who are on Instagram and you can go to a website here at interpersonalwellness.com and you can click into the wellness competency teaching tab on the programs in on our website, on the homepage, and it will take you to the site where you can sign up to the link to attend um, even the Zoom sessions so you can get more interaction. And those of you here on Zoom, don't forget to, um, you know, put your questions in, um, ask me in the chat and send your own comments because what are you seeing? Um, you can agree or disagree. I'm not... <laughs> <laughs> I don't have I don't have all the answers and that's why it's a it's a community 
press the talk and share and ask questions. So if you are now going to help an organization in creating their workplace wellness program, you need to start thinking about the way they communicate in the organization. That has to be a very important aspect. So right now I have a group of 25 people that are going through the wellness facilitator training with me. These are people who are becoming certified in using the wellness improvement system and the framework with their corporate clients to help them to create workplace wellness. One of the areas we're looking at is, and, and I've been teaching this program for since 2014, and every year we add a new element, we add new pieces. One of the pieces that we're actually going through, and I think one of the courses that's coming up for them in the next uh, week or two is creating wellness assessments and audits in your organization. And one of the assessments or survey or audits that you always wanna have as a key element of your workplace wellness program is on communication. Because often I see that is missed. It's missed totally in wellness assessment. I don't see that um, when I look at other wellness assessment and when I engage in dialogue with, uh, with practitioners and many of them come and train with me or they've done some work or they come to take a course with us. And when I remind them about communication, it's such a viable part. You look at the communication of leaders, right? The leaders, the, the, the leaders in the organization, how do they communicate with each other? Because if you have two leaders who are fighting or you have managers who are disagreeing openly in front of the employees, fighting, calling each other's names and disrespecting each other, how can you expect to have a respectful workplace? That? Really? People are going to do what seems to be the what leaders are doing, not what you tell them to do. They're going to do what you do. And yes, don't even bother telling me, but just they're adults and they could think for themselves. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've been around. It doesn't happen that way. If you have a culture of being rude, disrespectful, demeaning to your leaders, across leaders, um, yourselves as leaders, you're going to foster that same energy down and your employees are going to do similar behavior. And I have seen over and over again, leaders take responsibility. They apologize. They change their behavior. They send the message out. We are no longer going to tolerate that. We're going to practice responsible communication. We're going to be we're going to be accountable to ourselves and we're going to ask you to hold us accountable. Things change right away. People see, they're like, oh, wow. Oh, I guess things change. So when I call on you, I feel free. You see, that comes back to integrity because many of our leaders are stepping out. They, they cannot address those issues because from a place of integrity, they can't because they're not practicing it themselves. And so how can you tell me to be respectful to my colleagues when you were just name calling the other the other manager or the other leader in that department or talking about miss talking about executive and um hello i'm only doing what you do how is it good for you to do that and i can't do it right so you have to be at a place of integrity yourself as a leader so you can be able to hold others accountable and say you know what i i heard this um i heard this and I'm questioning if there is another way we could communicate this that is less harmful. And that's the whole idea of responsible communication is to communicate without causing harm. So that means we're going to think first about what we're saying, what we're going to say or write or tell, right? And then and you, we, we're humans, right? 
we'll never be perfect, but we can develop our competencies. And that's the whole idea of improvement because we continually improve, we build competencies and we have levels of competencies that we do. You know, when you're, when you're doing competency testing, you recognize, you know what, there are eight levels of wellness, eight levels of, of development that I can improve on and I can get better. It's very possible for me to get better. So as we do that, we start to recognize that in order for us not to do harm, we have to be intentional. It has to be something we think about. It is something we practice. It has to become a mindset. It has to become a desire. And we also have to take responsibility to address it if inadvertently something we've done said has caused harm. That's the key here is being able to remedy situations when what we've done has caused harm inadvertently. Because, you know, as I have been a conflict analyst and I have mediated a lot of conflicts, really nasty situations, but I haven't met anyone else who said to me, you know what, Joyce, I got out of bed this morning and I wanted to make somebody unhappy or make somebody mean, or most of the times people are themselves unhappy and they're looking for ways to communicate that I need help. Listen to me. I need help. I'm hurting. I don't like, and they're focusing on their pain. And so their behaviors are, are seems like they're lashing out. Like, you know, you have a little kid, right? The kid is lashing out and you're like, okay, what does he need? What does she need? What do we need to do? Um, do they need more attention? Do they need more one-on-one -on -one time? Are they tired? Do they need rest? Well, humans are the same. We're just big babies, really, at the end of the day. Right? We're just big babies. And so when we don't pay attention to ourselves and we're not taking care of our wellness in all of these dimensions, we start to have these prickly feelings and we just lash out to at people with words and we hurt other people's feelings. And I mean, I know I, I, I go to those zones too. I'm practicing the same thing, pulling myself back, right? We have to now become, and it's moving from self-aware, recognizing what you've done right? I'm stressed out. I have a lot going on. I have 20 things happening and I'm going, you know, 20 miles an hour. And I just say something and I was like, oh my goodness, um, did I just step on somebody's toe, right? So we have to take responsibility and say, I step on their toe. It's not that they're too sensitive or that they're, you know, they're we can have another conversation about that later. We're going, we're going to talk about emotional wellness next month. In March, we go into emotional wellness and we're going into self-mastery. We'll talk about the emotions then. But all the dimensions line up, right? If the, the spiritual connects with the social, with the emotional, they're all interconnected. There is not one that doesn't connect with the other, that doesn't make a difference. And so when we talk about love, the month of love in February, we should be talking about compassion, empathy, encouraging others, um, you know, practicing that integrity and being honest with others, right? Because if I love you, I want you to see my heart. I want you to know who I am. I want that, that soft and delicacy, you know, delicateness that comes with that because that's what love is, right? It's that soft, cushy feeling that we do but you can't do that with a pack of lies you could try but you could try but it wasn't it wouldn't last right and you know we 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 fall for the lies because it makes us feel good until it falls apart and we like our hearts get broken and so 
if we want true, honest love, we need to come from a place of honesty and integrity because that's how love lasts. And having been married for 30 years this year, uh, you know, that's a conversation I have with my husband all the time. It's just like, hello, you need to add water. Give this love a little bit of water. It's like, you know, the plants, you've got to, you've got to do something and, and nurture. Love needs to be nurtured. And we have those conversations like, how do we nurture this love? How do we feed it? How do we keep it going? Keep it interesting and exciting. Otherwise, it's going to be falling apart. It's going to become boring. It's going to be like, ah, oh, just like an old pair of shoe. Well, one that I really don't care to wear, right? So that's the importance of keeping the communication going in in that love cushy relationship. But you still need those. You need those. You need those elements. You need compassion for the other person. You need empathy. You need to encourage them. If you tell someone you love them and you're always criticizing them, right, and disempowering them, that's not love. Love is empowering. It's encouraging. It's giving life. And that's what we need to look at. What are we doing and what we need to do differently when we're practicing responsible communication? So they all align and we want to practice those and we want to keep those wellness competencies in our life and in our work and in all that we do. So I'll be doing some blogs and posts uh, here uh, um, on um, here on, on Instagram and social media, uh, LinkedIn, where I spend a lot of my time. If you uh, if you happen to go over to interpersonalwellness.com or Joyce of Edison, you will see our, our LinkedIn page. Uh, like, share, comment, uh, tell us how this has been impacting you and how you're seeing these wellness competencies because we pioneer, right? I'm pioneering the wellness competencies. Everybody else talk about wellness, but I, because of what I do, I've been exposed to an opportunity to practice and develop wellness competencies and to see how it evolves and how people start developing those competencies, building in neural pathways, going from self-aware to self-correcting, to self-directing, and recognize that this is a huge gap in our learning and in our communication as humans in our well-being and how we move to the next level of wellness. How do we actually galvanize ourselves, especially in a time like now where we're facing global health pandemics, we need to start thinking wellness because wellness is the foundation for health. You can't be healthy without first being well. And as you become healthy, you, you move along the levels of wellness and, and health. And, and that's what we want to do because without healthy people, we can have healthy nations, we can have healthy workplaces, we can healthy, have healthy economy because look how much we're going to be spending on healthcare, look how much we're going to be spending on mental health, look how much we're going to be spending on all of these areas in our lives when we're not taking care. So this is, uh, thank you so much for being here. This is our um, piece today on wellness competency teaching. I hope this was impactful for you. You've learned something. And if you do, just put in the chat. Um, yes, this was helpful for me. And um, we'll be also sending out an evaluation. You can give us more comment. If you have any thoughts, you want to connect with me, stay connected here on social media. Or of course, uh, you can go back to our website at interpersonalwellness.com. Tracy Dillison here. Thank you for tuning in. And I will see you next week, same time, every Thursday. Be well. Bye now.
You've been listening to What's Happening at Work. This is Joyce Edison, your host, and I want to thank you for being with us. Thank our guests and our sponsors, Interpersonal Wellness Services, Inc., the Global Workplace Wellness Summit, and of course, the Wellness Competency Mindset Movement. And if you want to hear from us, learn more or get more episodes, join us at interpersonalwellness.com, where we help you to work, live, and play well. Bye now, and we'll see you for another episode.